FDA has got some great people that, that work very hard at doing this, but the resource constraints are certainly there. And, and being able to police the world and police tens of thousands of, of products is extremely difficult. Welcome Getting There fans. I'm your host, Alejandro Garcia Maya. 128,000 Americans die each year as a result of taking prescribed medications. That is an average of over 14 people every hour. How can these deaths be prevented? On today's show, we have David Light, founder and CEO of Balashore, a company dedicated to providing quality, transparency, and consistency to prescribed medications. In this episode, David and I discuss how did Valisure get started? Why do 50% of Americans taking prescriptions report having inconsistencies with their medications at refill? Do pharmacies provide quality control? How can you not fall victim to a bad batch of prescribed medicine? And much more. So join us in our conversation. Let's do this. What does success mean to you? I think the highest value of success or measure of success, both personally and in, in the professional sense, is making an impact. Mm. There's obviously lots of ways to make money, lots of ways to make you happy in the short term. But really, the hardest thing to actually do is make a really tangible impact, one that's lasting, actually affecting people's lives, improving their lives, extending lives, saving lives, and not just in the grander sense of that, but also for the, the people in your own family. Where did you grow up? I was born in, in Israel, a little town you may have heard of, Jerusalem. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, moved to the United States when I was three and grew up uh, mostly in San Diego, California. And now I live in Connecticut. What did you study? I was always a scientist at heart. Uh, I think all sorts of uh, components of science always really intrigued me. Uh, I love space and just a huge nerd in general. I love that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I studied molecular biology uh, at Yale University, and uh, I actually worked a lot in the biotech space, both on the molecular biology side and chemistry side. I spent most of my professional career in DNA, uh, genetics, uh, DNA sequencing, building various platforms. I worked for a while at a company called 454 Life Sciences and, and eight-year stint at a company called Ion Torrent where we basically had this idea that we would sequence DNA in a microchip. Snazzy idea that we spent millions of dollars proving was uh, just noise. Uh, <laughs> but, but we did That's eventually a... have some backup plans that, that worked out. You got to go for it. You yeah, can. exactly. Uh, it, was, yeah. it was a very powerful concept. We actually got it to work, certainly the, the perseverance of trying to do something entrepreneurial. And it uh, became now the, the number two DNA sequencing technology in the world. Is there a lesson you hold dear, whether it's from parents or mentors uh, or from those experiences that you shared? There's a lot of experiences, uh, both in failure and success. If you're going to do anything entrepreneurial, hopefully you'll have both. You're almost guaranteed to have some failure. <laughs> <laughs> if, that if that brings you comfort, then you're good. Right. Definitely expected. <laughs> um, really, one of the big lessons is, is perseverance going towards the goal, having also the flexibility and humility to be able to pivot, whether that's on the technology side, business model side, all these things uh, could be really important for making something work. So before learning more about Valishore, let's go over the problems you're trying to solve. 
So according to a study published by a journal of the American Medical Association, 128,000 Americans die each year as a result of taking medications as prescribed. That's nearly five times the number of people killed by overdosing on prescription painkillers and heroin. So that's a huge figure. And that's people just doing what they were given. I mean, that's pretty crazy. What does Balashore do? Balashore is an online pharmacy that's attached to an analytical laboratory. So really it's the first pharmacy, whether online or not, that chemically analyzes and validates every single batch of every single medication that it dispenses and dispenses them not just with our brand, but also with a certificate of analysis, very much like what you'd expect from food and nutritional information. Mm. And the reality is that all you know about your meds is 10 milligrams and comes in an orange bottle. And the truth, unfortunately, about the system is uh, there's over three drug recalls a day in the United States. Obviously, some of them become pretty famous, but uh, there's a lot of uh, quality problems out there. And 80% of our drugs in the U.S., you know, local pharmacy, are coming from either India or China. There's really a lot of potential for problems out there. And Valisher and its ISO 7025 accredited facilities' whole mission is to help ensure bringing quality, consistency, and transparency in medications direct to the consumer. We have a lot of questions on all those things. <laughs> but before we do that, how was this conceived? A good friend of mine from college called me up one day and was telling me about all these problems he was having with his anticonvulsant medications. Essentially, he'd refill it every month, just like he always does, been on this medication for years. And every once in a while, he just had this month where he'd feel terrible, get these really bad side effects, relapses sometimes, and go and talk to his doctors, and doctors tell him, listen, there's a lot of issues these days, and you know, 90% of the drugs that people take now are generic, and uh, they're made by all sorts of different companies all over the place. And there's variability in medications, and there's just not much we, the doctors, can do about it, and not much your pharmacist wow. can do about it. And it is what it is. He obviously didn't like that answer and called me up, technology development buddy, and we tried to put our heads together to uh, see how we can not just add more visibility. And you're hearing a lot more these days about these issues in the news and big recalls on blood pressure medications due to carcinogens and dirty manufacturing in China, but also try to solve this as much as we can for patients like Adam and like others that uh, are experiencing these issues, not just contaminants, but variability, certainly blood pressure and, and cardiac drugs, uh, a lot of mental health drugs, iroid drugs, obviously anticonvulsants, and there's a few key areas really where people are really feeling these differences. So we originally developed an analytical platform to be able to do this kind of analysis in a very high throughput, low cost, but high precision way at the end of the supply chain. Another component that a lot of people don't realize is uh, the FDA does a lot of inspections. And again, overseas, kind of a hard thing for them to do on a regular basis, but they very, very rarely ever actually analyze anything or check the chemical quality of it. The vast majority of chemical tests are done by the manufacturer on some of the batches and then self-reported to the FDA. So it's an almost entirely self-reported system. When it's up to businesses to self-report their products, that's scary. Exactly. So we thought, hey, obviously this should be done at the end of the supply chain here in the United States. Let's analyze the actual products before they go to patients and consumers. And we developed the, the core technology as a, a laser-based approach. 
Before jumping into the technology, can you give us some background? Who are the players when you talk about pharmaceuticals and how does the process work from creation to when somebody receives uh, medication? Yeah, it's uh, pretty darn complex. You can think of it a little bit like a used car. By the time you're getting that bottle of medication, it's touched 10, 20 different hands all over the world, traveled thousands of miles, and uh, could be a few years old by the time you get it. Um, It's not at all a direct, oh, they made it in some shiny factory and then delivered it to your pharmacy. There's many players in between. There's many layers of manufacturers. There's manufacturers of the inactive ingredients, uh, a variety of different steps. There's the actual formulators, there's packagers, labelers, relabelers, wholesalers, redistributors. The actual pharmaceutical supply chain is one of the most complex supply chains in the world. Massive. Absolutely massive. For a trillion dollar business, it's not going to be simple. So there's room for issues to happen all along that entire chain. You might have produced a pristine product, but maybe it's sat in a warehouse that Philippines somewhere or in Florida, and let's say their air conditioner broke, and and now you've melted essentially half of your product. You'd mentioned that there were a couple of very well-known cases where drugs were not what they were supposed to be. Can we use one of those? Sure. I think one of the most famous cases right now is blood pressure medications, Valsartan, Losartan, Herbsartan, a group of these medications uh, that treat hypertension. And they've been found and been recalled for over a year now due to the high presence of carcinogens in those medications. Carcinogens? Carcinogens, not what should be in your medication. Um, How did that happen? How is that even possible? Really what uh, a lot of the investigators have have been looking at now after years of these products being on the market undetected is that there was a manufacturing change early on in the manufacturing process of the actual key ingredient of the drug and they changed solvents from one solvent to the next. It's kind of like if you uh, were cooking an egg in oil and then you decide to cook in water. Either way, you're cooking an egg, but obviously they're going to taste different and there's different Mm. chemical reactions. So what happened is they, obviously the manufacturers didn't do the proper due diligence when changing around this piece of the whole puzzle and were creating a lot of uh, carcinogens uh, that went undetected for, for a number of years. And actually the industrial solvent that they decided to change over to, likely to save some money, is a known carcinogen itself considered a probable human carcinogen. It's called dimethylformamide. And one of the things that we did proactively was when we saw this whole situation, of course, we started looking for the carcinogens and DMA that everybody had been very worried about. But DMF, dimethylformamide, the industrial solvent that is also a carcinogen, we started to look for that. And lo and behold, even in, in batches that were considered otherwise clean, we were finding sometimes up to 100,000 nanograms of this carcinogen. And similar group 2A carcinogens that are regulated by the FDA have a maximum allowable amount of 96 nanograms. And to give you a a frame of reference, 100,000 nanograms is like 0.1 milligram. That's what you see in a lot of medications written down is kind of the total dosage of that medication. That's a really high amount of, of probable human carcinogen in these medications. Uh, we filed an FDA citizen petition. It's covered very broadly in the news. And uh, it's definitely concerning to a lot of people. And, and our pharmacy, we took those batches that, that had these uh, high levels of carcinogen in them, screened them out. And only those that are clean, and, and there are plenty of clean ones out there too, though you can't tell by looking at them. Obviously, you have to do advanced chemical analysis. So those clean versions is what we actually sell in the pharmacy and, and distribute. So 
if a drug is made, let's say Pfizer creates a new type of drug, they pay for the research and development, and then it gets FDA approval. It's ready to be sold to consumers, which takes a long time. And when they decide to produce this drug in mass quantities, how would that actually work then? So there's really uh, two main stages for a drug, uh, for most drugs. And, and one is exactly what you're talking about. Big pharmaceutical manufacturer, like the ones mm -hmm. you often hear about, mm -hmm. uh, will create a new drug. It's a really expensive process, takes many years. And then they will have a patent on it that, that will run another 10, 15 years or so where they're the only manufacturer of that drug. So that's the brand drug. Not that that process is immune from problems. There could be issues there too. Oftentimes they'll have factories all over the world, but at least it's one company making it. The whole system certainly gets a lot more complex and a lot more opportunities for problems to happen when a drug goes generic. So that's the next stage. And a generic drug, especially the popular drug, will almost always be made by multiple different manufacturers that have different factories and suppliers all over the world. I mean, a lot of those in India and China, but also everywhere. And another one of the, the really big issues that concerns us a lot, we see a lot of these problems, is that they're not all the same. I mean, even if you just look at them, they have one that's round and white, another one that's oval and yellow, and then <laughs> another one that's yeah, every single like, shape and color. And, you know, we're all told, oh, they're exactly the same. Well, they're obviously not exactly the same. The active ingredient is supposed to be the same. And obviously often that, that part's kept consistent. However, the active ingredient is legally allowed most often to vary 20% from one manufacturing. 20%? Wow. Yeah, and that's just the active ingredient. And, and the part that becomes even more concerning is the bioavailability of the drug. So the drug actually getting into your system, into your bloodstream, which also has to do with how the pill dissolves, how it actually gets uptake throughout your system. That is allowed to vary up to 45% from one manufacturer to the next. And Those are so, crazy numbers. Who, yeah, comes, I mean, who comes up with that? Is that part of the FDA or what is that? That's our current regulation. Could it be revisited and, and done a bit better? I, I think there's certainly room for improvement there. And by the way, if you go to Home Depot and you buy a plastic table and it's a six foot table, they'll tell you, oh, well, it's, it's six feet, but within plus or minus 1%. Plastic table is gonna be within 1%. <laughs> <laughs> it's more accurate than your medication. Significantly that's, more accurate. That's crazy. Bottom line is, uh, you know, we're, one of the things that really concerns us is, is this kind of a consistency problem. Voucher, after now already screening through hundreds of batches of medications, uh, we've been rejecting over 10% of the batches that we analyzed. Wow. So can you walk us through that process, analyzing the medication? You know, how does that actually work? Yeah, so we'll get a batch of medication. We'll sample pills out of it or, or cream or whatever. We'll open up one of the, the packages and, and mm -hmm. take sample out of that batch and uh, subject it to a variety of tests. Obviously, first and foremost, really important, especially these days, is looking at our impurity screen uh, for, for a lot of common carcinogens. And if there's a problem within that, we'll sample it multiple times, and if we see a consistent problem, uh, then we'll screen it out. And uh, we just won't dispense that one. We'll go to the next manufacturer or the next batch, analyze that. Only those that, that pass all of our tests will then get distributed with the certificate analysis that gives you the information on, on all those tests. We do a carcinogen analysis for every single batch that comes through. A lot of the high-volume drugs, we, we really delve into a variety of different tests, obviously the dosage, 
uh, the inactive ingredients, and also the dissolution, how it dissolves uh, is very important. We see quite a few batches that we reject for those reasons. We even did a, a whole study at some point of you know, acetaminophen over the counter for, for headaches. Big brand name for that is Tylenol. We tested all of them, brand and generics. And one of the big product lines of that is rapid release, right? You want know, headache to go away right away. Yeah, as quickly as possible, yeah. And so we, we analyzed 1,200 samples, 600 rapid release versus 600 standard, 500 milligrams each. And uh, lo and behold, the rapid release ones uh, actually release slower than the standard version. No way. And wow. you know, the, you're paying more for the rapid release. Of course. Uh, so we uh, rejected all of those batches and, and we don't uh, sell a rapid release version. This machine that you put the medication through, what does that look like? Let's say we, we take a pill. We do what we call, we homogenize it. So we, we mm -hmm. crush it, often, often a rather violent process where you really evenly powder that entire pill. Depending on the test, you might scan the powder directly with the laser. But when you shine a laser at it, the, the light that comes back is modified. And the modifications in that light actually give you this chemical fingerprint, the molecules you're looking at. And then you can start to identify the inactive ingredients through a variety of computer software and algorithms uh, that, that are honed in on the specific chemical fingerprints of molecules that exist in there. There's a lot of software algorithms that all have to be built from the ground up that is able to take all this information and not just identify the molecules, but also quantify them, give a really quantitative number at the end of, well, was this 100 milligrams, like it says, or was this 83.5 milligrams? Was it 110? We came across that the FDA is a $5 billion organization, which keeping in mind, they're the ones that are <laughs> making sure that 300 and something million individuals are, are getting the right drugs and they're being protected. That seems to be a really small number. Why do you think that it, is that just a government thing that's allocation or what, what is that? Yeah, I think it is uh, eye-opening when you think about things like, oh, Fitbit was a $10 billion company. Right? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, also keep in mind, the FDA is the Food and Drug Administration. I've heard before that uh, roughly 80% of, of uh, a lot of what the FDA does is food. You also have to think of every contact lens, every surgical screw, everything you've ever seen in a hospital almost uh, is going to be under FDA purview. And then after all of that, the remainder is that entire trillion plus dollar global pharmaceutical industry. So it, it is very hard to regulate. FDA's got some great people that, that work very hard at doing this, but the resource constraints are certainly there. And being able to police the world and police tens of thousands of, of products is extremely difficult. And I think a lot of what we're seeing these days with you know, these carcinogens and meds and then three drug recalls a day and all these kinds of things that definitely underscores that it's an increasingly difficult issue. We talked a little bit about brand and generic and the different life cycle of the drug. Right. These days, unlike when the FDA was originally formed, but now over 90% of the prescriptions are generic, which is great for cost savings and all those kinds of things. But uh, it means that the industry got way more complex, way more global. Is there a physical pharmacy out there around the corner that I go and it says Valishore and I know that you are implementing this analytical pre-screening test? How does that actually look like for a consumer? We do have a brick and mortar facility over 3,000 square feet at Yale Science Park in New Haven, Connecticut. But the main way for people to interact with us is online. So we're licensed in 38 states 
working hard to get to all 50 over the counter medications and supplements we can send to all 50. So you go to Valisure.com and take your prescription and send you a medication that comes with this certificate of analysis direct to your home. What has Valisure been able to accomplish? I think already, even within the few months of, of being launched, we've been able to help a number of patients that have had problems with their own medications. We've had a lot of conversations with a number of doctors that are just so happy that there's a pharmacy that they can prescribe to. Are there any services in the future that you might be offering for Valisure? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, we just kind of soft launched within the past week a medication analysis service. So you know, oftentimes we'll hear from patients that they might be concerned about the bottle of medication they have right now that they didn't buy from us. Just gone through all, all the legal hurdles and uh, really ironing out the system for enabling somebody to send us a, a sample of their medication and for us to go through that analysis. Most of these tests are under $100. If you go uh, now, you know, voucher.com slash analysis, or if you go to our How It Works section, there, there's a link to, to learn more about the analysis. And, or if you just sign up, you know, it's an option now as, as part of our e-commerce system that you can get these medication analysis tests and send you a kit and a sample where we're able to do a variety of different tests and, and give you that information from yeah, an ISO accredited uh, laboratory where obviously we, we take the science extremely seriously. Otherwise, there's you know, contract research organizations that charge thousands of dollars to walk through the door and we contract with big pharma companies. So in the, the spirit of, of really opening up this capability at all of, of what's the quality in your medications. When you go and buy food at a grocery store, you can feel it, you can smell it, you can taste it and see if something's bad. But if something's wrong with your medication, very hard to know that. If anyone wanted information, where do they go? Yeah, valisure.com, V-A-L-I-S-U-R-E. Okay, valisure.com. Any other information, we'll make sure, go to our show notes in there, you'll be able to find. And if you don't find any of the information you like, you can always reach out to us and we'll be able to help. David, thank you so much for your time and uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you very much, it's a pleasure. Well, that's this week's episode of Getting There. Thank you all for listening to the Getting There podcast. Very much appreciated. Be sure to visit gettingtherepodcast.com to learn about more leaders solving the world's most pressing problems through our videos, games, blogs, and more. If you are or have a friend who's a social impact leader using scalable technology to find sustainable solutions for world-pressing problems, please reach out to my team and I at guest at gettingtherepodcast.com. That is guest at gettingtherepodcast.com. Catch a new episode every Tuesday. If you enjoyed the show and want to spread love back to my team and I, please make sure to subscribe and rate us. Have a wonderful day. And as my grandfather would say, adelante y arriba.